Today I'm back in Crowden and uh, we've left relatively blue skies in Hadfield and arrived at Crowden Car Park with a lift kindly today to save my legs. The clouds seem to be going a little greyer when we've reached here. How different the landscape and the weather can, can be just a few miles down the road. We're walking along Torside Reservoir today, the north side, and um, today I am with Liz Armstrong from Glossop Art Society, who I've discovered, Liz, that you don't meet in Glossop, you meet in Hadfield, in the very hall that the Platt family donated to Hadfield. That's right, yes, we have quite a few groups meeting there. Uh, we have art group on a Thursday night and another group on a Wednesday and a portrait session on a Tuesday. <laughs> All these things, we're going to talk about the various different groups and who goes there, but the geese have joined us once again. We're walking down towards a sandbank, which I know has a gate to the left of us in a moment that says Nature Reserve. And we're just going to walk for probably about 20 minutes or so, turn around and come back and hope that we uh, ride out the rain. A sanctuary, a wildlife sanctuary area, that's what it says. It's a strange little place, this, isn't it? Where it's like the river, you really see the river yeah. bend and... It's like a bit of an uxbow, isn't it? Where yeah. there's all different shapes of the river. And the, the Torside Reservoir we can see, which we'll reach in a moment, is just to the right side. And then the top of us, you really notice here, don't you, Liz? Like the difference between the sandbank where we are, the shape of the river, the line of the, the trees. Well, let's keep walking. Today we have bought our sketch pads and we've also bought some pens. And Liz knows of a place where we may be able to sit down and do a little bit of sketching. What are those geese doing, Liz? Can you hear them? They're making a lot of noise. I can't place where they are because no, I've got a microphone and headphones. They're over on the sandbank in the distance. Oh yes, there's three over there, I think. What do you think they're saying? I do wonder that sometimes. What are you doing here? <laughs> <laughs> get back, get back. We realised we were like the only car in Crowden Car Park and we thought, is there something that everybody else knows that we don't? I mean, now we're just heading over a bridge and the, the water is so one of the things we wanted to do today as I have been exploring throughout this series is looking at the landscape through different perspectives and today I wanted to walk and see things through you know an artist's perspective um, something that I've been dabbling in in my spare time just for fun I've been learning how to oil paint how to draw and sketch as a way really to get away from screens to get screen breaks but I think once you kind of start delving into the world of we were discussing different paint colors weren't we on the way here yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I the biggest thing that I realized when I started going to paint oh, it's really windy I do apologize if we, we we blow out a few times I realized that trees are not just green that was the biggest thing that I learned. And then I think when you go and learn a new skill like painting or drawing, you start to come into the world and see things different. Clouds as well, I've always thought. Clouds are so fascinating to, to stare at. Trees are very interesting in the winter, I think, because they haven't got leaves and you can really see the shape of the tree very, very well. Um, and the branches. Um, Whereas when they've got leaves on, they're, they're much more difficult to draw and paint, really. 
And the other thing about landscape is that, painting landscape, is that it's huge and it tends to overwhelm you, like we've got this fantastic view at the moment. And it's a bit overwhelming. And I think you have to cut it down. You have to decide on a much smaller aspect and focus on it. Possibly using a viewfinder, you know, it's a little square that you can say, right, I'm just going to concentrate on that. Yeah, I mean, see, water, I think, is particularly interesting. I, I, I remember having a conversation with another artist who lives in the Gossip area, Ghislaine Howard, and she was talking about thinking about the movement of um, a piece. Yes. And I thought, how do you capture on a 2D image water moving? You know, it's right now, it's just... Moving slightly, The wind yes. is blowing the water towards us, isn't yeah. it? The other thing is there's not very good light here today. So I, th I don't think you'd want to paint here. I mean, you could sketch because it doesn't really matter, but the difference between light and dark is very important in painting, just like it is in photography. And really every... When you look at this, I'd be looking at the light bits straight away, thinking, right, which are the light bits that I really want to focus on and how can I make them lighter by slight exaggeration of the dark bits and vice versa. If you look at this bit over here, though, there are a lot of different shades of yellow ochre, all sorts of sienna. There's an awful lot of different colour and the green is extremely bright. I mean, even yeah. in the rocks in, in, in front of us, next to the water, there's elements there's of a, green, there's bits of grass, yeah. there's mould in there, there's moss, there's, you know, there's bits of lichen as well. Yeah. Winter, for me, I've really kind of been looking at it through different eyes and winter has always been quite a colourless season and now we're starting to move into spring we're starting to see a bit more colour a bit more green very, very bright greens yeah green is very difficult colour to to use though I mean the other thing is to concentrate on something very tiny like one of these areas here these um, skeletons of the bracken are really lovely really really interesting shapes so just to focus on that sort of thing, you know, just take a tiny little picture of that. Focus on that can be a very interesting way of working in the winter. Well, behind us, there is a big patch of blue sky. We could just hope for the wind to calm down. And it's very interesting because in Hadfield, there was no wind whatsoever, was there? It's like no. we're kind of walking through a wind tunnel here. You know, what I think really interesting, Liz, is that... When I was looking at the research of this area, I've often thought that this is a bit of a forgotten little jewel of a patch. And I found poetry, I found stories, I found photographs, I found engineering feats and history and books all about that. But one thing I didn't find, sorry, I nearly tripped you up. One thing I didn't find was artwork. There really isn't very much um, out there in terms of paintings. Um, no, I, I was amazed. And that is one of the things that we're hoping in the future to work together and change, isn't it? You know, encouraging exactly, members yeah. of the local community to come down and paint and capture. So now I'm very interested in these lines of white on the water now. Can you see? Yeah. There are these streaks of white. I, I don't know quite what they are. It must be some sort of some sort of foam. But um, these are what people have been calling found lines. I think, I think they're really interesting and you get a lot of movement in it as well and that's another thing you want to find in painting is movement as well as the contrast between light and dark 
movements are very important and tone, the tone of different colours is very important too. Mm. Right, I'm going to take a picture of those lines. <laughs> this is very, very oh, windy. The wind's getting up. Let's walk on a bit and Let's, get warmer. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you what we're going to do, we're going to hit pause on recording and just get round the corner yeah. where we hope we might be out of a bit of this wind tunnel. We're a little bit further around and it's still windy, but we can really see the wind in the water here, Liz, because yes. it's almost turning into waves, actually. Yes, little, little, little That's how powerful yeah. it is. Yeah. You've been snapping away. What are some of the other things that you've spotted that are of interest to you? Yes, particularly the shapes of these trees. I say silver birch trees, I used to think they were quite fragile, but they're very strong trees. And there's one that's been uprooted here. Um, and another which is very, very twisted and covered with this lovely, very, very bright green moss. It looks like velvet, doesn't it, really? It, yes. I mean, trees are interesting, aren't they? Because when I first started painting, I did the classic thing of drawing all trees straight and up <laughs> and in uniform. <laughs> and of course, in reality, when you look they're here, they're, they're different sizes. Yes. These are very old trees. I mean, these are deciduous trees. They're very old, some of them. Yeah, it looks like a very steep bank. I mean, you can hear the cars to the right of us, higher up, powering across the Woodhead Pass. Trees lining all the way. What railway line is it up there? The old railway line here? Do you know, there could be. So to the right of us, it looks like a very flat bank. I'm intrigued. I might just climb up here, one-handed. Well, would you know, it's actually water. It's a bit of the river. And it's incredibly orange, really orange. Like you can see the, the peat colours in that. I would not recommend coming up here though. I'm now going to love coming down because there are thorns all around. Good guess though, it could have been, could have been a railway line, although I don't think it came as far as here. I think it actually finished at the end of Rhodeswood Reservoir, where Hollands Hill is. There's a, there's a house there called the Hollands. So we can see the sailing boat is across the, the other way. We can see there are people wearing bright jackets. What, what's your opinion on drawing boats, Liz? Are you a fan? <laughs> well, not, not really, no, because I know so little about them. I've never sailed unfortunately. So I don't know very much about boats. So no, I, ha I have painted them sometimes because they're a lovely shape, very interesting shape. But um, I always feel I, la I sort of lack knowledge about boats. <laughs> Do you think we're allowed? I, I don't know what the, um, I'm not very good at like the terminology around boats. Are they boats? Are they yachts? <laughs> I'm not, I don't want to offend well, anyone exactly. at Torside Sailing Club. Exactly, no, and I've never sailed there either. <laughs> but I imagine <laughs> Some of the people, some people might look at this landscape, and when you take a photo or you try and sketch something, it can seem like it's quite thin and almost like panoramic. The view is quite, it's not from where we are, it's not very kind of high and things towering and powering over us. So then having these little details like the colours of boats, say. Well, I think from this distance, yes, I'd be happy to paint them because they are just interesting little shapes. And the masts are very interesting because they go straight up. So it's always good to have something uh, 
vertical as well especially contrasting it with the trees because they're all just a slant these these masts going up See, I guess we yeah. could come and do this same walk in a few months' time and this would be a very different experience. Very different, There yes. were probably, I mean, last summer there was next to no water in this reservoir at all and all you could see, you couldn't even see the stones and, and the, the bank of the stones. It was just mostly silt. So it was all these different colours of mud, basically, swirling round and almost like someone had kind of put some cream in, some yes. soup. Now we can see on the right-hand side what I climbed up to show you, the water. So I imagine this is the original River Etherow. Yes. Can you see what I mean about this orangey peat yes. tone? Yeah. One of my favourite things to do is take photos of the water moving close up. And when I was in Crowden last week, I took some pictures of the moving brook and I think when you take a snapshot of water when it's moving that fast you get to really see all the different colours and I was amazed that there were purples, really? there were greys, there were blues, there were oranges and reds. Just um, in, that, in that small, yes. Yeah and I think that's when you, it's really changed my perspective walking about here in winter that there is a lot more colour here yes, if we choose is, to yeah. see it. You can see these stones underneath here now, can't you? You can see, you can see some of the colours. These lovely shadows as well. You can see the, the reflections underneath. And the whirlpools as well. Well, the reflections in the water, there are a bank of trees alongside us. And we can see even, they're not straight in the water, are they? They're being bent and swirled in the water. You know, for people who, who may be listening to this podcast and be perhaps taking their dog out for a walk and they've always wanted to dabble in sketching or drawing or a bit of painting, you know, might just want to go down to the local stationery shop and buy a sketch pad and bring some pencils. What would you suggest they, they start on? Um, well, everybody that starts off, like I did many years ago, use watercolour but in fact watercolour is the most difficult medium to use um, but I think um, uh, I think initially just some pencils not just an HB but something a bit a, a bit softer you know B2 B3 that sort of thing and a rubber if you do if you do need it and a sketch pad if you're doing landscape it's a good idea to have a, a sketch pad which is landscape orientated because most landscapes are actually landscapes <laughs> so I would suggest yeah um, and don't don't choose a sketchbook that's too big. Choose one that you can put in your in your bag or you know even in your pocket, and have a have a little space where you can put your pencils. And I would leave watercolor for the moment because it is so difficult. Actually, it's a very difficult medium. It's beautiful, but it's difficult. Build your ego up first. Build your ego up, <laughs> and if you can't draw very well, start with drawing. And the whole thing about drawing is that you have to look very, very carefully at what you're drawing. Really look very, very carefully and take time over it. When you get better, you can rush it a bit, but to start off with, you need to be very observant. <laughs> and that's what's so good about painting, that it makes you more observant about everything in the end. <laughs> so that everything is a, is a greater pleasure, really, when you're out, because you've learned to be more observant. 
It's interesting, isn't it? Yeah, you do start to view the world differently and I've yes. appreciated. And one of the ideas I got from Michael Howard, art historian, who also lives in Glossop, he likes to walk Kinder Scout a lot, take his dog for walks all the hills around there. And he has a little sketch pad which he takes with him and he puts 10 minutes on the clock mm-hmm. and he sketches whatever's in front of him. And I, too, adopted that idea when I was on holiday in Scotland, actually, and I've continued it, where I've just... uh, When I was waiting for ferries in Scotland and would have this time, which was nothing, really, had nothing else to do other than see this view in front of me. And there was something for me that I quite enjoyed having a deadline or a set time period, um, because it made me get on with it rather than be too much of a perfectionist I've got to got to say yeah I mean sketches don't have to be perfect by any means they just have to give you a rough idea really and sometimes people just put a you know they have a few coloured pencils and they just put a a note about the colours that can help I suppose taking your time and focusing on one little bit like for a while I was practicing on trees and leaves and then another time I was practicing on rocks other times I've looked at water and the shapes in the water, finding maybe one little detail and focusing on that rather than going yeah, in. That, that's really a re- a, such a good idea, yeah. Because when you start to look at things in great detail, you can often see things which are underneath what you've seen first of all. And that can be very interesting too. Certainly patterns are important too. Lines as well. Well, we've turned a corner and we are right opposite where the sailing club is and we can already see the wind is sweeping in I think this is a good time maybe for us to turn back let's head back toward if we go around that corner we may never make it back (laughs) we may be windswept away so now we're going to walk the same path but the different direction I think this is always interesting because now you get to see what you didn't see before completely different views different view altogether where we can see the cars coming through but in the distance I'm trying to work out what that massive looks like a waterfall it's a man-made waterfall waterfall, it's one of the dams I'm guessing it's where Torside and Woodhead meet and Crowden Quarry is towering in in the distance like in front of us and that's interesting because of all the different it's such a unique landscape the shapes of it just like something from Mars (laughs) it's quite hard to kind of think you know when people talk about the dark peak versus the white peak if there was ever one photo that we would take here that that would tell the difference (laughs) you know the lovely pastured fields with cattle in and beautiful like stone houses and here look how gnarly it is i'm gonna take a photo of that sorry Uh, i think the other thing that's important about landscape is that everything is receding so if you were painting it everything would get lighter and lighter as you receded into the background. The foreground would be very strong, but the background would be lighter and lighter. So you can see there are sort of three layers there, can't you? There's the very dark layer at the end of the water, and then there's a little bit which is quite a lot paler, and then behind that there's something, a sort of hill which is even paler, and that's very important to get those shadings in because they suggest that the whole thing is receding well we're going to have to navigate there are two people walking towards us and their dog i think we may have to tuck in here 
the, the thing that surprised me was um, learning to paint from the back forwards. I don't know why <laughs> I found that so surprising. But if you are starting out in sketching or painting, hi there. Hello. Hello. Enjoy the wind. <laughs> if you, I, I found that, yeah, just really surprising to start with the sky or, you know, with the hills, at the, the shapes at the back and then start to build up the detail as you go. Yes. I mean, on, on the whole, you know, the foreground tends to be much more detailed and much sharper uh, and, and, and darker. And then as you, as you go up to the sky, it gets lighter and lighter and less, de and less detail. Well, something that you do every year, most years, I suppose. It's been a few, funny few years, hasn't it? Let's, let's put, explain it that way. But Hadfield Art Show, I was aware of, I attended last year. Do you want to give a bit of a detail of what Hadfield, happens? Hadfield, it's an open art show. Yep. And the word open means that anybody can join. You don't, it's not a closed show for just a certain group of people. It's open to anybody. Um, it's in Hadfield Hall on the upper floor, which is a very, very beautiful hall. Um, and we've had it for 10, 11 years now. Um, we have people from all over the place now come and exhibit their paintings. It's very cheap to put your paintings in. You can put three paintings in and it's only £3 a picture, um, which is very cheap. And the commission, if you sell, is 15%, which is again very reasonable these days. If you're interested, do look on Hadfield Hall website and scroll down to Art Show. Well, there's lots of information about the, about the art show and um, there's a, a registration form that you can um, print off as well. And you know what, even if you're, last year I was just going as a, as a punter. I wanted <laughs> to see what things were like and I was amazed. I mean, even the children's exhibitions in the craft barn in Hatfield, a wonderful space ran by Julia. The quality of some of the work, even from the children was amazing. And there were hundreds of um, pieces exhibited. It was a wonderful time. I went back several times just because I felt like I didn't get a chance to see things. And one of the events that you did last year was the Pro Loco, which is how we first met. And Pro Loco is the Latin word for of the location. Have I got that right? It's an Italian idea, I think. It comes from Italy and it means of, of the place, really. And it was a way that villages used to promote their, their villages, really and they had these open-air painting competitions when you had to paint a picture of the village on one particular day. So what we did last year was to have our first Hadfield Pro Loco. There's been Pro Locos, there's one in, in, in Hayfield every year still, um, and there used to be a lot more, uh, but there had never been one in, in Hadfield, so we started it up last year, and so that's how I met um, Claire who did very well. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was my first time painting outside ever. I learned a lot of lessons, not to sit where the wind is, because <laughs> the canvas just lands on you. <laughs> but I love the idea that you could, you know, people were able for that day to just walk around Hadfield and see people painting, drawing, 
just you know places that often you know when I live in Hadfield I would walk past every day but then yes. having someone come from outside and I mean Had- Hadfield is full of li- interesting little corners and the trail obviously the Longdendale trail is absolutely wonderful so um, there was plenty plenty of things you could choose to, to paint so this year we're doing it again on Saturday the 27th and um, We'll be open from half past eight in the morning. You have to have your piece of paper or your canvas or whatever stamped, which is proof that you're doing it that day in the open air, hopefully. Um, And then you bring it back later on in the afternoon and then we get visitors and residents to come in and vote for the best one or for their favourite picture. Um, And there will be prizes. So hope to see you then on the 27th. <laughs> yeah. I have to say I was so nervous about entering <laughs> because I, I'm, you know, I don't consider myself an artist. I'm someone who's just playing with it really as a as a way in a busy life to have a break and yes. you know to get out and see the world and learn a new skill. But I have to say it was one of the most fun days and I had such a rush in thinking, wow, I created that in three hours. I think when you push yourself out of your comfort zone and the, the point, I suppose, of people painting, drawing, sketching, sculpting, whatever they want to do as their art form is that it's meant to encourage a sense of play and experiment and so many things in life can be very uniform and routine and disciplined and there's rules and regulations, but art at the heart of it is a chance to escape some of that yes I I always feel it's like I always thought about it like jumping in the sea really I'm never ever going to be bored by it because there's so many things you can study and have a look at and do um, when you when you uh, when you start becoming involved in art so it is totally absorbing when you're doing it and people think, oh, it must be nice to go out and do a little bit of sketching. But in fact, it's quite hard work because your mind is constantly thinking <laughs> about all these things like the tone and the colour and the shape, etc. So, yes, it's totally absorbing and uh, I found it absolutely wonderful. So, yeah, take some photos when you're next out on a walk. And exactly, (laughs) take the photos and and then go home and get a cup of tea and maybe get out the wind and have a little play, or or maybe pack a little sketch pad and some pens and take a break. One of my favorite ever holiday memories was when we used to have a caravan in Cornwall, yes, uh, because I lived in the Midlands then, so it's a little bit of a shorter journey. And one of my favorite memories ever was sharing time with my mom with some colored pencils and a sketch pad. And we would just sit next to each other on the cliffs and sketch the beach and the waves. And I don't know why, it's just always a memory that sticks out to me. Um, And I hold that memory dear because I think as a child you're encouraged to play more. But as an adult, we sometimes get fearful that if we're not good at something, we don't get started. And I suppose that's what, you know, doing, going to a class, for instance. I mean, the, the Glossop Art Show sorry Glossop Art Society classes are open to anybody of all levels and different classes and workshops that you do yes we do we have um Glossop Art Society actually meets every Thursday night it isn't a teaching session there's nothing there's nobody going to teach you but they're a very friendly group and they're extremely extremely generous about sharing their knowledge and there are some very good artists there um who 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 have certainly helped me a great deal and then on Wednesday in the afternoon there's another group that meets they have an, an, another varied set of activities 
a bit more of a teaching session possibly um, and that's run by Annette. Well I'll certainly put links to all of this in our show notes if people are interested and actually just looking down here this I'm going to take a photo of this because I like the way the path and the shape of the yes. trees and the bank all joined together we've st- we're just at the foot of a rooted tree as well yes I mean that's uh, I think um, I think Claire's absolutely right very often you'll find there'll be a path in a landscape painting and it's because it takes your eye in it leads your eye in and that's a very important point of view for the the viewer the person that's viewing the painting they they have an access to the painting straight away well we are about to go around windy corner again so we may wrap this up i think as it's been a bit windier than we thought we won't sketch during the podcast but we will go home with our cups of tea liz and we will do a couple of sketches and share them on our longdendale tales digital map so do go visit that longdendale tales co.uk and if you are a visual person i will just say in case you're not watching this on youtube that uh, if you're on apple podcast spotify the usual place you listen to your podcast then there are visualized versions of these podcasts uh, by a brilliant chap called Owain. i'm not going to try and say his surname uh, because i can't spell it and i don't try to say things i can't spell however <laughs> i would not do him justice but his filming and cinematography that has visualized the podcast on youtube is exceptional Uh, so that could be another way for you to enjoy these podcasts if you wish liz thank you so much for joining me on a very windy podcast that the sun is coming out as we approach windy corner i think we should nickname it (laughs) they say that you can create your own map of places so that is what we have done today hope you enjoyed listening to this new perspective of the reservoirs and we'll continue our walk along Torside Reservoir back towards Crowden Car Park to get warm, get out the wind and stay dry. See you again. <laughs>